0: Three ways to use customer data to build SEO strategies in 2022 with Eli Schwartz. The In Search SEO podcast is brought to you by Rank Ranger, the all in one SEO platform that helps skill your business through data and analytics. Hey, it's David. How exactly can customer data drive your SEO strategy over the coming year? That's what I'm going to be discussing with today's guest, who is an SEO expert and consultant with more than a decade of experience working for leading B2B and B2C companies. Someone who's helped clients like Shutterstock, Coinbase and WordPress to execute highly successful global SEO strategies. He's also best-selling author of Products-Led SEO, the why behind building your organic growth strategy. Welcome to the InSearch SEO podcast, Eli Schwartz.
1: It's great to be here, David. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for coming on, Eli. Well, you can find Eli over at productsledseo.com. So Eli, today we're covering the three ways to use customer data to build SEO strategies in 2022. So why start with customer data?
1: Oh, I love that you open with that. So I, I think, and I wrote an entire book on this, The most important thing is to actually start with customer data and not do SEO the way too many people do SEO, which is keyword data. So when you're doing keyword data, you're essentially trying to back into customer data and saying, well, people, customers, potential customers use these keywords on search engines, which I have now found on any of the popular search tools, Rank Rangers, of course, one of them. So you find keywords, then you create content around those keywords with the expectation that potential customers might search those keywords on search engines, with the expectations that if they search those keywords, you're going to rank highly on the search engine and with another expectation, and now we're going into assumption territory because you can't even have expectations anymore, that they're going to click on your result. And finally, we're in the craziest assumption of all is that if they click on your result, they're going to convert into whatever sort of meaningful conversion action you want them to have. So that's gone so far down the assumption and expectation trajectory that I, I think that's not the way SEO should be done. Instead, if you're using customer data to build your SEO strategy, you're doing what marketers should do. You're doing what anybody trying to sell a product should do, which is I want to know exactly what it is that my customers want. So therefore, I'm going to create what my customers want. And lo and behold, if that works like that, they're going to find you, they're going to discover you, and they're going to convert because you know that is what they're looking for. Does that mean that you're creating keywords in your content, you probably are, but you're basing it on what your customers are looking for rather than basing it on some sort of convoluted, this is my topic, this is my category, so therefore I found a bunch of keywords.
0: And in terms of using customer data in practice, the first method that you're sharing is in-person, on-the-street surveys. So are you really advocating that SEOs need to speak with people?
1: And if they don't like speaking with people, that's okay. Also, they can ask someone else to speak with people. But when I say like on-the-street interviews, it doesn't really have to be an on-the-street interview. It doesn't actually have to be a survey. It really has to be finding a target customer and learning more about them as an individual. So for example, uh, we, we had a little bit of a, a, a conversation before as we were getting, the, conversa- as getting the, the camera set up. I mentioned that I had to stand up and I was wearing pants. And you had an assumption that pants meant something else because you're in the UK and I'm in the US. Uh, it, in, in the US, pants meant I was wearing jeans and I don't know what you were thinking. You can share that on your own. <laughs> but, so now, if I were building my SEO based on customer data, I should probably talk to someone about what their expectation is of the product I'm selling. What do they call it? do they call it pants? Do they call it leggings? Do they call it jeans? Do they call it sweatpants? Do they call it sweats? Like all of those things, rather than going to keyword tool and saying, well, I'm selling a product that people wear on their bottom half. What does, that's my topic. What is the keywords that pop come, become very popular, I would imagine jeans are pretty popular. But if you're not actually selling jeans, why would you use jeans as a, as a keyword? So talking to a customer or learning from a real customer, and that could mean reading an article written by someone in your target audience. That's what I mean by on-the-street interviews, by like understanding the real human customer behind what, who you're selling to, what they're actually looking for, and building your SEO around that. Again, rather than some sort of arbitrary, this is my topic, therefore I'm going to create content that has the keyword that is very popular in my my category.
0: Okay, so you're essentially saying that um, keyword tools can be great, but by themselves they might miss out certain subtleties that can be gained by speaking with people in person or researching your audience Um how many people do you need to speak to? I mean, obviously just speaking to a couple of people isn't representative. Do you need to get to a certain number?
1: I think there's a, a, a number. So if you talk to one, you may discover that all of your assumptions are wrong. If you talk to 10 and 8 out of the 10 told you the same thing, and again, we'll, we'll keep on this this genes cat topic here, but if you talk to 10 people and you ask them what they call uh, pants that are made out of denim, and 8 out of the 10 of them say, well, those are called jeans, then you know that jeans are the things that you should be optimizing for. You know, I know in, uh, in South America, uh, Levi's jeans are very popular. So Levi's is the keyword they use. So that's So you really want to find out from the people that you're talking to what it is that you should be focusing on. Is Levi's going to be your keyword? maybe not, maybe you're still going to use genes as the keyword, but you've now gained more of an awareness about a new keyword in your space that no keyword tool would have told you about. But now once you get that keyword, you can then use the keyword tool to tell you, should you use keyword A, keyword B, keyword C? What should be your expectations? What are similarities? What are synonyms? What are some other suggestions that come out of the keyword? So I use the keyword tools. I totally use keyword tools and I love them and I love Rank Ranger, but I use them as an addition to really optimizing my discoveries rather than my discoveries begin there.
0: It's a great point actually, because um, in the States, there are over 50 States and it means that um, people are likely to refer to items um, in different uh, phraseology than um, they would do in in other States. Um, So keyword tools aren't necessarily going to break things down on a state by state basis, even across the UK, People talk about things. people refer to things um using many different types of words, depending on where someone has to be happens to be located. So uh, love your point there. Your point number two um was to use competitor competitor data. So what competitor data is key?
1: So this is where you're going to want to look at your competition and try to estimate what your competition so, I don't love doing this, right? Looking at content gaps because I think content gaps are just content gaps. They have content, you have content, doesn't mean that you should have the same content they should have. However, I would try to look a little bit deeper into it and say, what kind of content does my competitor have? What sort of content does it look like they're selling into? And how do I sell better? So instead of saying, oh, my competitor has 1,500 words using this keyword, so therefore I have to have 1,600 words using this keyword, say my competitor has 1,500 words that are confusing as hell. I'm going to write 500 words, and I'm going to get straight to the point. Mm -hmm. And in the process, I'm going to tell you that my product has better quality. My product is cheaper than the competitors. That's what I mean by using competitor data and saying, what is it my competitors doing wrong in their full in their approach to selling with seo rather than their approach to ranking on seo
0: okay and if that's your hunch that um, it's, you may be able to rank more effectively than your competitor by having many less words on your page. Um, is it better off doing a split test on a small number of your pages just, just to see if your hunch is correct?
1: Yes, but I just want to clarify that my goal with SEO is not ranking. My goal with SEO is selling. Okay. So if my competitor is hyper-focused on a specific keyword, even if they're ranking number one on it, but they're missing out on 50 other keywords in the space because they're hyper-focused on that keyword, I would rather they can own the head term And I get the 50 other terms. So I think what it comes down to is the KPI for SEO is sales. KPI for SEO is revenue. So if we go in there and we can say, my competitors, they're ranking well. We're we're happy for them, but they're not selling and making as much money as they can with SEO. I want to do better. So that's where I'm expanding what they've done, saying, well, they're only focused on the keyword. They've written 10 pieces of content towards this keyword. How can I, maybe in my meta description, how can I in my title tag, when I'm ranking lower than them or when I'm ranking on different keywords, really bring out the point that I'm better than them?
0: Is it really possible to measure the KPI being sales, if you have a long sales cycle, say a year or so, and someone visits you initially using quite um, a generic keyword phrase? Probably not. Okay.
1: <laughs> to be to be totally honest, I, I'm thinking, when, yes, when there's a long sales cycle and it's B2B software, I'm not even a proponent of doing SEO necessarily the way we do SEO because I don't think you can track it at all. And I think SEO is something you invest in. So if you can't track it, how do you justify the investment? I do think you should do SEO from a brand standpoint, which is I'm doing a great job of creating awareness about my product and my brand. I want to make sure that when you Google my product and my brand, you do find that content. So wherever you are in the sales process and the buyer's journey, I'm giving you the right information. But to really optimize for keywords and to build that entire process, that's not cheap, certainly not free. So we're link building, we're creating content, we're really measuring. If you can't ever get to that ultimate sales KPI, I find it hard to justify. So long sales cycle products expensive products, B2B products, something that ultimately ends up with multiple handshakes or phone calls or video meetings or whatever it is that's not online, I do find it hard to justify really going and and spending money in SEO.
0: And when you're looking at competitor pages, you also try to get a handle on how many visitors are likely to be clicking through, visiting other pages on the site and perhaps even making a sale as a result of landing on that page? Or is it too difficult to get that kind of data from competitors?
1: Oh, I think that's very important. So I I, I think it's, you know, use tools like SimilarWeb. Uh, SEMrush has some traffic prediction tools. Try to do things like that. Do competitor intelligence, buy the product yourself, talk to customers of your competitor run a survey of, of your competitors customers anything you could really learn about how they're doing what they're doing you know you could be more expensive than them and sell better you even if you're ranking lower right it, it I think it comes down to how much revenue you're generating from the channel so really learn as much about it and don't be focused on just the keywords they rank on that keyword and I will rank on that keyword they must be doing better than me or um, they they rank on they have better keywords than me so therefore they're doing better or they have more content than me then they're doing better I've seen this over and over in my consulting practice, where companies get very focused on their competitors, and they say the competitor must be doing well because they have 200 blog posts. They're like, look at these blog posts. They're entertaining, but there's no way that they sell. When you're done reading this blog post, you go and read another blog post, but that's it. It doesn't do anything. There's no motivation to even share it on social media. So you know, metrics, like number of content, number of pieces of content, number of keywords, Number of anything really doesn't matter if your KPI is sales.
0: And your third way to use customer data is customer support data. So what do you mean by that?
1: So if you're in the fortunate position that you're doing SEO at a company that has customer support data, then this is the this is the data you should be using. I've been in this position you know a handful of times, and it's great where you have customers. For example, I worked at SurveyMonkey, so customers called in or they emailed in and and had certain complaints or they had certain pieces of feedback about the product and they used their own natural language to explain how they were doing what they were doing. And that really is an opportunity for me to say, wow, I have real customers, a handful of customers that had told me something. And it, can, it breaks me out of the, my mold of thinking and saying, well, this is how I should position it. So for example, uh, I don't know, it, a lot of listeners and watchers here will be familiar with the concept of a net promoter score. Mm-hmm. So net promoter score is it's a standard customer satisfaction benchmark. So SurveyMonkey actually had a tool to do net promoter scores, but the, the, company, the customers didn't know it existed because that's not how they were looking for it. So we called it Net Promoter Score. That's the way you're supposed to call it. But if you look at customer support data, you could understand the way it was being referred to, and now I could build SEO efforts around the way it was being referred to. So again, it doesn't come down to am I ranking on the word Net Promoter Score because I was. It comes down to am I ranking on the thing, am I visible on the thing that real customers are going to be looking for because real customers are going to click, real customers are going to convert.
0: Great advice. Well, um, let's finish off with the Pareto Pickle. So Pareto says that you can get 80% of your results from 20% of your efforts. So what's one SEO activity that you would recommend that provides incredible results for modest levels of effort?
1: So most people aren't going to consider this SEO activity. Hopefully, after watching this podcast or listening to this podcast, you're going to realize that SEO goes beyond just doing a little bit of keyword research. So this is... Again, some of you consider non-SEO activity. I consider SEO activity anything that helps you get more traffic from search. And that is using a tool like user testing, or Full Story, or uh, Hotjar, or Google Analytics has that tool where you can heat map. Look at how customers, real users, are experiencing your pages. So if you're using Google Analytics, maybe you could see that it was an organic search visit. Look at what happens. Do they, they land on your page? Do they know where they're going? ultimately i think seo is around converting customers so understand the actual click journey understand how people are experiencing the page and i think it would help guide you in building better pages and building better seo efforts that will that will drive more revenue so you know for me it could be as much as you know 10 minutes watching a few users going through something, and I'll have an epiphany of, wow, we have all this faceted navigation, but there's too much of it. Or we don't have enough faceted navigation. Or we have built the wrong category page, because everyone that lands on this, they click over to another page. So why not create that other page and optimize that other page, and maybe even get rid of the first page that people have landed on? So I think a little bit of actual customer data watching these videos. If you don't have access to any of these kind of tools, some of them are free. I think Google Analytics has its own heat mapping tool. Go for it.
0: Great. Okay. Well, just to remind the listener, the three ways to use customer data that you shared today was number one, sharing in person on street surveys. Now, that's not necessarily going onto the street, but it's actually researching your your core customer and seeing how they refer to things. Number two, competitor data, diving into precisely what your competitor pages are about and what conversion rates to sales are likely to be on there. And thirdly, customer support data. What kind of phraseology do customers use in there as well? I've been your host, David Bain. You can find Eli Schwartz over at productledseo.com. Eli, thanks so much for being on the In Search SEO podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, David.
0: Thanks for listening. Check out all the previous episodes and sign up for a free trial of the Rank Ranger platform over at rankranger.com.